Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Today, we're gonna be talking about financial literacy, and I'm joined by Lori Elliott with Prosperity Solutions Group. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. So So happy to have you today. I know you're gonna give listeners and viewers a wealth of information. Um, Before we get started, though, can you tell listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Oh, absolutely. So I am the mom of five wonderful boys, two of which are serving in the United States Army. And I have a wonderful husband. I have two great dogs. Um, I've been working in accounting and finance and even taxes for the majority of my life. Um, I've owned my own business. I worked for a mental health hospital as a staff accountant. So I've kind of always had my hand on the pulse of finances. And about four years ago, my husband, Tom, and I, we co-founded a company called the Prosperity Solutions Group, basically in an effort for me to be able to actively go out and do what I really love most, which is to help people, um, to help them become debt-free and live happier lives because they don't have that burden of debt. Mm -hmm. And we see that a lot with people. So... Yeah, and I think that's why we get along so well. You know, debt and financial literacy is something that's really uh, a passion of mine. Um, I got into debt in college and felt like I was under the weight of an elephant and felt like it was going to take forever to get out from under it. And so um, I am committed, you know, now that I, in my business as a real estate advisor, I help families get into a tremendous amount of debt through home ownership. (laughs) Yes. I love having a tool and partners like you that I can connect people with to help them get out of that debt and and pay less in in, um, interest. So, what would you say is the biggest fallacy when it comes to money management? Oh, okay. Well, I think for a lot of people, they think that managing their money is easy um, or they don't really put a lot of energy into it. And I'll kind of give you an example. Um, You know, a lot of times when it comes time to pay bills or to get organized about your debt, Um, you know, people are like, oh, I need to go and clean the toilet or the gutters need to be cleaned out or, you know, I need to to trim the weeds, right? Because let's face it, sometimes when we sit down and we face our debt or we look at that burden of, of what we have, you know, if it's student loans or a mortgage or some people it's credit cards, it becomes overwhelming and we want to escape it. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's not given enough effort. It doesn't have to be hard. Um, Actually, it can be a lot easier and less stressful if you're organized about it and systematic. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things. I can definitely relate to the feeling of being overwhelmed. 
You know, mm -hmm. there were times where I was like, it's, it's either going to take me the rest of my life to pay this off right. or I'm going to die and leave debt behind. And, you know, thankfully, like I said, meeting people like you, I now have a whole different view of managing money and debt and being able to pay it off. Um, but, you know, there were times when I, I felt completely overwhelmed and, you know, I, my first job, I made $26,000 a year and, you know, it just felt like I was never, ever going to be able to pay that off. So, um, what would you say are some common mistakes that you see when people are trying to eliminate debt? Um, for a lot of people, it's that they um, are usually using a one-size-fits-very-few approach. And you're probably like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> so there are a lot of... Um, for lack of a better word, simple and straightforward approaches to paying down debt. But the reality is those approaches help very few people. And people don't even realize they're not being helped because they're following this approach along and they see something happening. So let's take, for example, um, because that's kind of a vague answer, I'm sure, for you. So let's say somebody's doing um, one of the popular methods and debt snowball seems to be a very popular method. If you don't know what debt snowball is, that's where you focus on the smallest balance account and you attack that with any extra money you have and you, you focus on that until it's paid off. And then once that account is paid off, you focus that monthly payment and anything else you have towards your next smallest balance account. Okay, so that approach is very straightforward. Um, you don't need a lot of effort or thought to, to follow that. It's very simple. What happens though is a lot of times people will find themselves in debt longer. They'll spend much more than they have to in interest. And I've even have seen clients come to me that um, they no longer can afford their minimum payments following an approach like that. And that usually makes, you know, the wheels start churning because people are like, well, how is that even possible? Mm -hmm. But methods like debt snowball or um, a closely related cousin debt avalanche, that's where you pay down the highest interest rate account first. They don't take into account all of the other things that play into the picture. Things like student loans and home equity lines of credit, mortgages, credit cards, they all have different types of interest, different rates. Um, you know, credit cards are simple interest, mortgages compound interest. So people really don't understand the full picture. And to say something so very basic as to pay down that smallest balance first or pay down the highest interest rate first seems like, well, that should work, mm -hmm. right? It should work for everybody, mm -hmm. but the reality is it really doesn't. Yeah. I find that a lot with people. They would be like, well, I've been working really hard and I've paid off a credit card and it was, you know, this whatever balance and it, it feels good, but it's not accomplishing what they're hoping to. Mm -hmm. Especially if they're new into a mortgage, 
because you pay so much in interest in the early years of your mortgage. Yes. <laughs> people, people tend to get sticker shock when they get to the amortization schedule when they're signing those closing documents, right? They, they don't really realize exactly what they're going to end up paying back. Right. $200,000 mortgage and they see at the end of it that they've paid three hundred and sixty some odd thousand dollars and I'm like, wait a second. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So maybe it was at four and a half percent interest rate. That mortgage is like, well, that's not very much. But the reality is it's more like paying back 82 percent interest. Yeah. Which and, and that's just four and a half percent, you know, and thankfully right now we have historically low interest rates. But if that day and time comes where those go up, those numbers could be astronomical. Well, and not everybody qualifies for those interest rates. Those are just your most qualified customers, right? So, you know, I, I, it is not uncommon for me to see clients um, when I'm talking to them about their debt and see interest rates around 5% or higher. So, you know, we, even with our low interest rates, not everybody's qualifying. Very true. Very true. So what would you say um, are the biggest misconceptions about debt? Well, at least you're giving me the option to list a few. <laughs> so, um, well, one thing I hear a lot of is advice when you pay off an account to close it. Like if you have a credit card and you pay that off and, and the advice I hear a lot is to close the account out as you pay them off. It seems like it's intended to be helpful advice, but it can really harm your credit score to, to randomly just close out accounts. So credit score, that, that's gonna lead me to another misconception because a lot of people don't realize that their credit score is important. And you know, we think, well, if you're considering a, a mortgage or an other loan, you need to a good credit score so you get those favorable interest rates like we were just talking about. Um, so your, your credit score can really impact your interest rate and how much money that debt ends up costing you for one. But even if you're not looking to create debt or to get a loan, if you already have your house, you, you have everything in place, your credit score is still so important. Those that are renting, if you want a decent rental property, you need a, a good credit score to get accepted. Um, it impacts your insurance rates with your car insurance, your homeowner's insurance, security clearance. You know, people don't even give any thought to things like that. But if you need a security clearance in your job, or even if you need to change jobs, because something as little as a seasonal job at Macy's for just a three month Christmas period, um, they require a credit check. So a lot of employers are checking credit scores before that hiring process is complete. Right. So, you know, that you probably see that a lot in working with your clients, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, like you said, the better your, the higher your credit score, typically the more favorable interest rates you get in a mortgage. And, you know, with, um, with a job and applying for a job, you, you know, certainly you see that in the financial industry because companies are trusting their money 
with you as an employee, but there are other industries outside of the financial industry that think that trustworthiness is connected to uh, a credit score or this, or just responsibility. You know, if you can take care of your, your finances, then you'll be a better employee. Whether or not that's true, you know, obviously can be debated, but more and more companies are leaning that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do we have time for one more misconception? Absolutely. Okay. Um, the one that is sort of a, a big pet peeve of mine is that credit cards are bad. I hear that a lot. Like you shouldn't have credit cards. Well, I totally disagree with that because credit cards are not bad. Um, we might have bad habits with them. I'm not going to dispute that that could be the case. But personally, I love credit cards because when used properly as a resource and as a tool, they actually help people even more. Um, you know, if the bank wants me wants to pay me to give me money for free for 30 days, mm -hmm. I'm going to utilize that. And sometimes people are like, well, how, what do you mean they're paying you? Have you ever gotten a reward? You've gotten cash back, you've gotten points. And, you know, places, certain stores will offer you higher discounts on their product if you have their store card. Yep. Now, I refuse to pay 30% more if I'm shopping at Kohl's. So yeah, I have a Kohl's card, but guess what? I pay it off. Yep. But that's the kind of thing, you're using the bank's money for free in that time period, and they're actually paying you to do so because they're, well, they're banking on you not paying it off. Right. So when you use those as a resource and a tool, you actually um, can flip the tables on them and they are now paying you. Well, and two things about that, you know, you look at the rates, the interest rates for a lot of credit card companies in the double digits. Oh, and yeah. People that aren't paying that off, banks are making so much money monthly, month after month on interest charges that people are paying. And if God forbid they pay late, you know, now you've got a late fee in addition to the, the interest charges. And the whole way that your credit score is set up if you don't have credit cards, if you are not using credit cards, your score drops. If you close payments and you lower that, that ratio that you have of available credit to credit used, your score drops. So, you know, there's this whole setup that use, having and using credit cards is going to help you get a, a higher score. And it's just a matter, again, of using them responsibly. Yes. And I spent a lot of time educating people about that because they don't realize how many benefits they can get mm -hmm. uh, and what it can do. I mean, it can really change the difference between those, you know, a good credit score and an excellent credit score. And that can mean the difference if you are applying for a home loan, right, of getting it and not getting it in today's, in today's world. Mm -hmm. Because we're seeing what, 680, being, you know, pretty much what we need to get a mortgage. Right. Not when, many people fall in that basket. Right. When COVID started and restrictions started, that was one of the first overlays banks put on mortgages. You know, there were places where you could get a mortgage if you had a credit score as low as 580. 
but as soon as the interest rates, or not the interest rates, the, um, the stock market started, its volatility, interest rates fluctuated, and you saw credit scores go from 580 up to 680, up to 660. And that knocked a lot of people out of being able to close on a home, you know, in addition to the unemployment and furloughs and people being laid off because of exactly. this. So exactly. So that, that sort of leads into another topic I wanted to talk about, you know, the side hustle. We're seeing okay. a lot of people go into side hustles, whether it's because of COVID and they lost a job or were furloughed and they needed a way to bring in income. Um, me personally, you know, I started one myself um, as a way to earn some money to help with retirement because I wasn't really on track with my retirement. But along the way, I found it to have some tax advantages. And full disclosure, I am not a tax um, consultant. I'm not giving tax advice. But uh, for people who are thinking about a home-based business, that's a way that they might be able to offset some of the, the liabilities they have as being an employee. Uh, absolutely. And Nicole, one of the things I, I work with people who are looking to pay down their debt and to get out of debt. So a side hustle is definitely something that people do consider. And even given the whole situation that we're experiencing right now, where people aren't working and they're looking for something, they're you know doing the DoorDash or the Uber Eats or, or what have you, um, you know, they're looking to earn that extra money, but what a lot of them don't realize is not only are they going to have that extra money, but like you said, they're going to probably, um, I have to be careful because of liability. I'm also not licensed to give tax advice. So they're probably going to see quite a few tax benefits. What I have noticed, and I, I work with a lot of people that are also business owners. So what I've noticed is I see people regularly um, when they do own a business as they transition from being an employee or maybe they have a, a side hustle business and they're still an employee, I actually see them earning more money and paying less tax because some of the things that they were typically treating as just an expense when they were an employee, they were able to write off as a business expense legitimately um, because it was part of what they did. You know, you can't um, drive for Uber or Lyft or whatever if you don't have a cell phone or a car, right? So, you know, if you can help to offset the expense of your car and earn extra money, that's a win-win, yep. right? Um, but not everybody is, is looking for that side hustle um, or, you know, Sometimes they think, well, I'm only going to make a little bit, you know, it, it's going to be worth it. And, and I had um, a young couple I was helping who the wife was trying to figure out a way to earn some extra money. And, and she started working as a coach part-time and she was earning only about 30 to $50 a month initially when I first started working with her. Um, well, when I first started working with her, she wasn't earning anything additional each month, right? And she started with that. And I, I actually showed her, I ran numbers for her to show her the difference in her being out of debt with that extra money. And it was tremendous. 
It wow. saved her about two years of paying on her mortgage, just having that little bit of extra income. But, you know, not everybody is, is looking for that. Mm -hmm. and, and we find, you know, especially right now that people, um, as they struggle through, a lot of people own businesses, um, you know, they're, they're taking a big hit if, if they're a hairstylist or a nail tech or something. I mean, they really, yeah, they, they have nothing coming in. And so a lot of people have been calling me and they're saying, you know, I'm considering bankruptcy or I'm considering debt consolidation or um, a debt relief company. Mm -hmm. And I ask them to please at least let me evaluate their situation before they do something drastic like that. Because, you know, in my initial appointment with them, I can get a good feel for whether or not there's some better way for them. Yeah. You know, people take bankruptcy and they're like, well, you know, that'll, that'll solve my issues. Well, if they have student loan debt, not going to solve that for one. Um, it's very expensive. Your credit's destroyed. Yeah, that sticks with you for 10 years at least. So a number of years before you are able to buy a home again. I mean, definitely is not something to be taken lightly at all. No, no, it's not. And you know, people sometimes are like, well, I wanted I want to consolidate my debt because the payments are more attractive usually. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll lump all that debt together. Well, what they do um, is they extend your debt. So in a lot of cases, people end up paying more over the long run in interest to the bank. But if I had a nickel <laughs> for every time somebody came to me where they had consolidated their debt and then they had gone on to get completely new debt. So keep in mind, consolidating debt is usually not a good solution. Um, it's attractive because of the lower payment. It's also attractive because in some cases it gives them only one payment. Yeah. And I think that, you know, again, a lot of people think because they're making one payment and because it's lower that somehow the debt they've had has been forgiven. But like you said, they don't realize that maybe they're going from paying it off in five years if they were paying yeah. it off once to now 10 or 15 years and what that's going to be in the end. You know, and I, I think a lot of consumerism, it really upsets me to see so many retailers breaking things up in payments. You know, gone are the days of you seeing the, the getting sticker shock, right? Because mm -hmm. you see what you're actually going to be paying. But nowadays, you can even go on websites and get clothes and they break it into four or five payments or shoes into four or five payments. And, you know, I just... It, I think it's, it's a travesty because there are people who don't factor in interest. They just think, how much is it going to cost me right now versus what am I going to pay in total? Correct. Well, and just going back to debt consolidation for a moment, um, it has a tremendous impact on the credit score as well. Mm -hmm. People don't think about that side of it because what happens when you consolidate, you typically are closing out those other accounts. Mm -hmm. So if you did have to go on to create some other debt, 
you're actually, it's going to cost you more because you're going to have a lower credit score, which in turn means you're going to pay a higher interest rate on the new debt. So it is truly a vicious cycle. Um, you know, so something to really consider. And then debt relief companies stay clear <laughs> because they really, um, their whole goal is to get you to default on your debt so that they can back your creditors, those vendors into a corner so they can negotiate with them. Mm. And they're going to have you pay them first because they already know you don't care about your obligations. Mm -hmm. Right. They know you're willing to default on your debt. You just did it. So they don't guarantee you and they actually take a percentage of your overall debt as their fee. Mm -hmm. so I've seen people actually owe more after they've had ten, twelve thousand dollars forgiven. And here's the kicker. Forgiven debt. Guess what? The end of the tax year that's taxable income. So debt relief companies are nobody's friend. Right. And that goes for foreclosures too. Yes. 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 When I spent years doing taxes and it was right at the peak of the 2008-2009 crash that I had some very sad situations in the tax office. And it was very heartbreaking because people had no clue what they were going to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's hope. You offer a financial acumen course. Yes. Yes, I do. About that. Well, um, my husband and I, like I said, we're co-founders of the Prosperity Solutions Group. And um, the financial acumen course came about basically because of all these misconceptions, these misunderstandings, people didn't understand how money works and how it behaves. They didn't understand their debt. And we really are not taught financial literacy in school. Uh, we feel it should be taught because people don't understand what they're getting themselves into. If they were better prepared and a lot of times what they learn is what they've learned at home. Mm -hmm. which can just be a vicious cycle of people not understanding their money. So I spend a lot of time educating my clients on how things can impact them. Um, you know, I'll take the time to really explain to them, well, if you, you know, go this route, this, these are some of the things you might not see happening. So I want to help them have and make an informed decision. So we, we created the financial acumen course, um, the lessons in the course, it's a, it's a web-based course that you can take at your own pace. And it actually has like a fireside chat approach. It, it offers real world examples and even better than real world examples, it puts it in context of your debt. Mm. So if you're sitting there taking the class, not only is it teaching you that general information and theory, but it's doing so in your circumstances. So it's very tangible and easy to understand. Yeah. You know, I know for myself, I had a lot of shame over my lack of financial literacy. And that shame caused me to procrastinate or, you know, put my head in the sand and just want it to go away. And I found that the more I learned, the more empowered I got. And the more empowered I got, the better 
I was financially and, and with my finances. And I felt like no more are they going to control me, but I'm in control of my finances and the decisions I make. Um, so I, I, you know, applaud you for offering a course and giving people the ability to empower themselves and to learn, you know, the system, if you will, of how money works in our country, the tax code and how you can use it to your best advantages. You know, I think part of the reason it's so complicated is so that a lot of people just don't want to have to deal with it. Um, but the more you learn, the more you're able to use it to your advantage. It is. It's, it's intimidating for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't have to be that way, though. And that's, I like one of the things that you, you really said there was people want to take control back. Um, a lot of the clients I've been working with in the last couple months, especially, have been a lot of single parents and a lot of, well, not just single parents, but a lot of families too and business owners that have called me up and said, I never want to be in this situation again. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I don't know which direction I'm going or how I'm going to pay things. You know, yeah. um, I know there's a lot of resources out there right now to help people, but are they all really helping people? You know, right. people are saying, oh, well, I can take out that small business loan or, and I don't have, I, I love this. I hear things like, well, I don't have to pay anything for a year and there's no interest for a year. That's not completely true. Right. You don't have to pay anything for a year, but there is interest. So people are really, you know, they're hearing what they, they think, but they're not getting the reality of that. So those credit card rates, you know, if you're late by a day, Mm -hmm. You're paying all of the, it's been accruing that whole time. It doesn't start then. It starts yeah. when you signed it. At day one. Yes, it did. Wow. Yes. And, you know, I, I see this on a regular basis, but people really don't understand how it's going to impact them. Yeah. And just on an aside, I, I had somebody who um, took out a, a credit card at a, popular big chain store that offered 0% financing for 12 months. Now, generally, I say that's really smart if you're going to do a big project mm -hmm. and you do that, but you have to understand the terms of that. Well, unfortunately, they came to me after they learned the hard way, the terms. They actually owed more than they started with because they didn't understand deferred interest. Mm -hmm. So we have to really be careful about the types of things that we take advantage of because if we don't understand exactly what it is, we could end up being the one being taken advantage of. Yeah. And that. you look at the, the data that the government gives and what the average home or the average American makes in, in an annual income, how much people are spending, you know, at the end of the year, you know, people may have $5,000 on average. Um, how much of that gets put into savings? Um, how much um, debt, what's the debt load for the average American when it comes to credit cards and student loans and mortgages and car loans? And I think um, 
what we're going through now with COVID has been a wake up for a lot of people because, you know, if you were paycheck to paycheck prior and then you go in and, you know, maybe someone's furloughed or someone's laid off or you don't know when your next check is coming in, you know, it can feel like um, you, you don't have, there's not an outlet. Um, there, you don't have freedom to make choices. And, and even without COVID, you know, you may have people working in jobs that they don't want to work, but the only reason they're doing it is to put food on their table. And so when you do learn how to manage and you have some um, savings and, and eliminate debt, it also provides a freedom and gives you choices that you wouldn't otherwise have. Yes. And people do like to have some choices. <laughs> we, we, really need, we really need to help people better understand what options are out there. Yeah. And I can't drive that home enough. Is like just to look at your resources because I hear it quite frequently. Um, I'll talk to somebody for the first time, the very first phone call, and they will say something like, I don't think you can help me, no one can or I'm gonna die with this debt. And the reality is there's very few people I actually can't help. But they come to me and they often are in a position of just feeling completely hopeless. Mm -hmm. And the most difficult part for them is usually just picking up that phone because yeah. they're like, well, I'm gonna not be able to be helped. No one can help me. Yeah. Like I said, I think for a lot of people, there's shame associated with that. And so many people I know don't want to talk about finances, don't want to yeah. talk about debt. And when you hide from it, it can really hurt you. Um, there, there is some credence in the truth can set you free. And, you know, when you face it head on and just say, okay, I'm going to take it one day at a time, you'd be amazed how quickly, you know, things can turn around. And, you know, you talked about that there are different ways you help people. I love connecting you with homeowners because you have an online software program um, that you can use with some of your clients and it helps people shave years off of their mortgage and save thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in mortgages. Oh, yes. And absolutely, <laughs> talk a little bit about that and how is it different from like debt snowball or debt avalanche? Okay, well, I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> so uh, the biggest difference, okay, is my approach is to look at my client's unique debt scenario. I take into consideration their information. I'm not giving them a, oh, this is a one size fits very few approach. I'm looking at their circumstances. A customized approach. What's that? Customized approach. Absolutely. I, I ask some questions. I try to understand their circumstances. Um, I'm going to take a look at their current situation. Uh, I look at things like, um, what's their balance on their mortgage? What's their interest rate? How much is their required minimum payment? If they have credit cards. I look at those, those types of things as well. What are your interest rates? What's your minimum required payment? 
But Nicole, I find sometimes people are doing something a little bit more than the absolute minimum. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a for example, maybe their credit card payment required is $25, but they're rounding it up to 30 every month because they, they, they want to do something, mm -hmm. but they aren't really sure. Um, I've had people come to me and their car payment is like $336 and 12 cents a month. And they're rounding it up to $340 a month, not even a full $5. But I look at that situation. I look at what they're doing. I, I look at the money they're already using to pay down their debt. That's something that, that has kept people from talking to me because a lot of times they think, oh no, she's going to put me on a financial diet. I don't even want to talk to her. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had one mom, she said, I, I'm not, I don't want to talk to you because you're going to tell me I can't get my eyelash extensions anymore. I said, I promise I'm not. I just want to look at what you're doing and see if I can do it faster and save you more money. So I will analyze their situation. Um, I'm not going to ask them to change their lifestyle. If they decide to make a change, that's because they're making an informed choice. But I look at their circumstances, I run an analysis, and once I'm able to do that, I can provide for them a written report of exactly what I can do for them. I can show them, I can have you out of debt in July of 2028 um, or whatever. You know, I can tell them approximately to the dollar how much I'm going to save them in interest. And here's the part that people really like and it blows them away. I can guarantee my results based on their numbers. Which is crazy. Yeah, right? Absolutely crazy. How can you guarantee that? Well, I like to say it's magic, right? But that's not true. So. Here's the thing, our debt is made up of numbers, right? It's all just numbers, it's dollars. Mm -hmm. And math is how I calculate what I can do. So we can't always guarantee math, right? We can, we can check that math. I use complex math. I run algorithms and um, I use factorial math with all the different types of debts. I'm able to tell them exactly what I can do and I can guarantee it based on their numbers. So it's pretty cool. Um, I used to say I could give them, you know, I could put it in black and white form. It's actually a nice color report and they're able to, to break it all down. I show them what I'm going to save them in terms of time. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, people, I could tell you literally hundreds of stories because I have, I have helped hundreds of families and, and business owners and, and individuals, but you can't relate to them so much. You, you know, you're like, well, my dad is different. I have this, or I have this. And she's talking about something that doesn't apply to me, mm -hmm. but I do this for the individual. I'm able to put it together for each person and show them exactly. So while I might not have the same debt that you have, Nicole, we both have a debt-free date based on our circumstances. Yeah. What I love most about the program, it, it teaches you how to bank like a bank. And the best part about it, it's, it's as easy as following a GPS. And, you know, within, I think, three or four months of using it, 
it saved me over $40,000 in interest, which that was, I, you know, mind boggling. And once I start to see those numbers adding up, it gets addicting, like you said, and then you want to put more into it to make it go faster. At least I do, because like I said, I want to get out from under this. So it's definitely exciting. So when you can see what your debt-free date is going to be, it is a very powerful motivator. You're like, I want to beat that. Absolutely. It is no different than video games or being your GPS to get home. When it says you're going to get home at 533 and you're like, heck, I'm going to be home at 530. Watch me. Um, but that's, that's what it is. It, it's, it's putting it in your control. But Nicole, not only can I show them when I can have them debt free, guess what? People have plans for their futures. They have dreams, goals. I had one gentleman that his wife wanted to talk to me a year sooner than they actually did. And he held her off for that long. And finally he said, fine, I'll listen to her. Engineer, it's an engineer. He's a great guy. He's so smart. Once he talked to me, he was like, oh my gosh, this is just math. I love it. Checked in with him a month later. He said, I asked him how he's doing. He said he was doing great. Um, he didn't think he could afford a Tesla, but turns out he could. Awesome. He was able to forecast what that would change in his debt-free day. So for myself, I went on to get my real estate license because I've always wanted to purchase investment properties. Mm-hmm. And I purchased an investment property because I was able to forecast that spending $125,000 on a duplex would have me out of debt a little bit sooner. Well, and it's great for investors because, you know, I know a lot who will pay for a property outright with cash, but this way you can leverage, you know, historically low mortgage rates and have your, your cash go further by instead of paying for one home at 250,000, maybe buy two or three and, you know, split that up and pay it off and save a tremendous amount of money when you're paying off the mortgage. And and the nice thing is you're able to see the difference. Mm -hmm. So you always, to me, this is so important that you're always making a truly informed decision. It's not an emotional decision. Right. It's not, well, or it's not one that's just really a guess. You know, it's what we've been taught. Oh, that one has the highest interest rate. That must be the worst, or this is this. But you're actually able to see the difference. If you do this, this is your debt-free date. If you do this, this is your debt-free date. And I love the true cost function. So you know (laughs) what it's going to cost, including interest. And, you know, I I have shied away from making a couple purchases because I'm like, "Uh, I don't want to pay that for that. I can wait until a later date. So you're like my husband. He loves that. I don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I say, you know what? Because so many times I find that families, not every adult in the household is on the same mindset. Mm -hmm. 
we typically see that a lot. One's the spender, one's the saver, one, or somebody has one habit, the other person doesn't. Yeah. And I like that people can continue to enjoy their life and get debt free faster. Absolutely. So I, I try to meet them where they are and I ask them not to make big changes that are going to impact how happy they are in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't tell somebody to give up um, getting their eyelashes done if that made a difference to them, or I wouldn't tell somebody to give up, you know, their golf membership because that was something they got a lot of enjoyment out of. Or their daily cup of coffee or... Exactly. Now, I've had clients say to me, you mean a couple dollars will make a difference? And I say, let me show you. If you change your budget on this to this, let's say your, your daily cup of coffee, because that's, that's really frequent um, with people. It, it's not uncommon for people to be spending 25 to $30 a week on fancy drinks. Mm-hmm. What happens if you didn't get one once a week? Yeah. So that's maybe $5 depending. And people usually tell me this, they don't tell me up front, and, and I never, I never ask them to change that. But once they see what I can do, they say, well, what would happen if I did this? Okay, I'll show you. Well, and it also, it not only makes your pocketbook, it changes, you know, the money you're putting into your, your wallet, but it also changes your waistline. <laughs> I promise this, this is not about a financial diet. No, live your same life and, and get there faster and really see the benefit of that. Yeah. So one last question, um, you know, you talked about, you have been able to help some people that felt like maybe they had hopeless scenarios. Um, I know that you've certainly been able to help me and other homeowners um, that I've worked with. Do you have a, a favorite story or two of ways that you've been able to help people? Yes, I do. I've, I've, helped, a, I've helped a lot of young families become debt-free before their kids even hit high school years. But my, my very favorite all-time story is, um, and I work with people all over the US and Canada, so many times I never meet them. I, I use a Zoom. Okay. I had a lady call me and she said, you've helped a couple of my friends and I hope you can help me. I said, well, I'm gonna try. And she told me her situation. I don't know how old she was, but her husband was 60 and he was eligible to retire at 64. The problem was they had 12 years left on their mortgage. Mm -hmm. They had some credit cards, a car loan, and I don't know, they had some debt. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing was the 12 years left on their mortgage. And he wanted to retire four years from where we were. And she said, could you get us to six years to being debt free? And I said, I don't know yet. I'm going to have to look at it. Mm -hmm. So I got her information and she had a lot of, you know, she, she, she was very hopeless at that point. I got her information and I ran her numbers. And I got her on the phone and I could not sleep the night before the call because I had her at 3.8 years. Wow. So sorry, this makes me very emotional. And I've told the story so many times, 
But this, this lady broke down on the phone and she sobbed because for the first time she had hope. Mm -hmm. Not only was her husband going to be able to retire at 64, he was actually going to be debt free before he retired. That's amazing. Otherwise, they were going to be there for 12 years paying on that mortgage. Mm -hmm. So to me, that is my favorite story because even though I love seeing young families have a totally different life from early on, and especially because I know it's going to trickle down to their children, mm -hmm. when I have people that can't retire because their debt yeah. is such a burden, I... I just really want to make that difference for them. And we're seeing more and more people in that, in that category. You know, the 65% of people over the age of 65 rely primarily on social security. The average social security check is less than $1,200. And the, the largest group growing in bankruptcy is baby boomers because, you know, declining income, rising costs of healthcare, you know, it's a really sad situation. And, but the good thing is, you know, this doesn't only work if you have mortgage debt, right? You can help people that maybe are just coming out of college with, you know, five or six figure student loans or people that want to buy a home, but they can't right now because their debt to income ratio is still high too Yes, and I, it's not uncommon for me to see people with between one hundred and two hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. Yeah. I, I find that shocking, but that is not uncommon. I recently just spoke with somebody who had five hundred thousand. She was in a professional program. Wow. And she also had a couple of other degrees and I have that was the most significant. And so you're right. These young people are coming out of college and they're already burdened. And mm -hmm. a lot of them can't buy their first home because of right. their student loan. Mm -hmm. So yes, that is, that is an area that I'm really passionate about. I, I absolutely love what I do because I'm out there changing lives. And, and that's something that's changed over the past few years as student loans is counting towards your debt in terms of when you're qualifying for a loan, even if those loans are deferred, they still count, you know, percentage wise um, against you. And like you said, unfortunately for a lot of people, they're not eligible to buy because their income doesn't support that. Well, and a lot of them, aren't making enough to even pay anything substantial on them, those loans continue to grow. Mm -hmm. So they have to count them when it comes to buying a home. Yeah. Because how are they going to pay these things? Right. So that's why, um, you know, people will say, well, I'm still in school. Should I talk to you? Yes, you should. <laughs> you know, if, if you're able to pay anything towards your student loans, we should, we should at least talk and see if there's something we can start doing right now. Yeah. Obviously, if you're not paying anything, I can't help you get out of debt. It really isn't magic. It is math. So if you're not paying anything, no, you're not going to get out of debt. 
Right. But we can look at the circumstances and see what we can make happen. Yeah. Well, you have such a beautiful heart. And Thank you. I, like I said, I love, you know, working together and being able to help people not only achieve home ownership, but also achieve being debt free and debt free in their lifetime and at a point where they can enjoy their life and not have to make so many sacrifices getting there. Um, so for people who, listeners and viewers that want to get in touch with you, um, what is the best way to reach you? Um, well, certainly I, I answer my phone, so people can call me. Um, my number is 240-675-7802. I have a website, IamCoachLori.com. So you can read some of the testimonials that I've had clients to share. Um, I'm on social media, Lori Elliott, and it's I am Coach Lori. So if you use Facebook, uh, you can find me, or Instagram, you can find me that way. And I, you know, do look forward to talking with your listeners, even if they just kind of want to find out exactly what I can do. It is completely confidential. So. And you are going to offer listeners and viewers um, a little discount on the financial acumen course? Yes, yes, yes. And um, so it is case sensitive. It is special dash 259NS. So that will give them a coupon code that they can use at any point. They can share it with their friends and family and it will give them a coupon for the financial acumen course. It's all web-based, you can take it at your own pace, and it will be completely relevant to, the education will apply across the board, but it will be completely relevant to your families or, or business owners that are, are taking the class. Outstanding, outstanding. I will make sure that all of that information is in the show notes and you know the appropriate links are where they need to be. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, and I appreciate the time and for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like I said, um, I'm, I love working with people that, you know, add value to the community and to individuals and to living life to its fullest. So I really appreciate all the, the work that you do, and thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes. And if you have a show topic that you'd like to share with me or have a real estate related question that you'd like to ask, I'd love to hear it. You can call or text me at 719-201-5022 or you can reach me via email at Nicole at SellingStPetefl.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E at S-E-L-L-I-N-G-S-T-P-E-T-E-F-L.com.